Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. I am in studio today at the Grace FM studio here in Aurora at Calvary Church, and so glad to be with you. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If there are things going on in your life that you would like to discuss or receive prayer for, I'd love to hear from you and would love to talk with you and pray for you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. We have all open lines here at the beginning of the show. It's a really great time to call in if you've been wanting to call in with your questions about the Bible or prayer requests. We would love to hear from you. Again, the call in line 303-690-3000. Do give us a call. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You are hearing this program live, and we also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and on our other syndicated station, Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Wherever you're tuning in from, welcome to the program. But just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay, which means that you have a unique opportunity. You can actually call in, and then you get to tune in in a week from now, and you get to hear yourself on the air. But just a reminder that those of you uh, on the East Coast are hearing the program on a one-week delay. And it's just, uh, we're really blessed, you know, here at uh, Grace FM and Calvary Live to see how God is using and multiplying this ministry and how things are are growing and reaching more people. It's very exciting. And uh, Hopefully we can answer those questions you have and help uh, build your faith. We also want to uh, say a big hello to everybody who listens online. We know there's so many of you who tune in via our mobile app, Grace FM mobile app. If you don't have it yet, definitely go get it for your for your uh, mobile phone or your or your iPad or your tablet device or whatever it is, and just go to the app store for that device and type in Grace FM. It'll come right up, and you can just put it on your device and listen live over the internet anywhere you are in the entire world. So awesome opportunity. And then uh, we also want to remind you that you can tune in your browser. So you can just go to gracefm.com and you can tune in, click that button that says listen live, and you can tune into this program and any others on Grace FM anytime. Once again, the number to call 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. We've got two open lines. We'll go to our first caller in just a second, but uh, let me introduce myself for those of you who might be new to the program. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And our church meets in downtown Longmont. So if you are from that area and you know what Longmont's like, then we are right downtown. So we are one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So we're at 700 Longs Peak Avenue. It's the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. 
And we meet there. It's in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is really a, a kind of a central building in downtown Longmont, right on the edge of Roosevelt Park. All the, uh, all the city events, like the parades and stuff, they all leave from the grassy area right in front of our building. And so if you are uh, not from Longmont, but maybe you're from the surrounding area, I just saw an awesome producer here. He's telling me we are 17 miles uh, outside of Denver metro area on, if you take Wadsworth, it turns into 287. So definitely um, we'd love for you to come and visit us if you're in the north metro area here in Denver or if you're in the Longmont area in Berthoud or in Mead, Firestone, Frederick, Decono, Erie, Lafayette, Niwot, uh, Lyons, North Boulder. We'd love to have you come visit us. Our website so you can find out more information and get some uh, directions and listen to some of our sermons online is whitefieldschurch.com. So that's whitefieldschurch.com. And we'd love to meet you. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And actually this coming Sunday, we're doing a special thing where we do this once a quarter and it's a meet and greet is what we call it. It's a chance for people who are new to our church or who are uh, wanting to get to know more about us or get to know how they can get plugged in and, and part of our discipleship pipeline. It's an opportunity for you to do that. So you stick around after service. We'll have some gifts for you. It'll be an opportunity for you to get some FaceTime with our pastors and leaders and uh, we'd love to have you join us for that. So join us this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. If you live in Longmont or in the surrounding area, we would love to have you. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can always also hear me here on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So every weekday, 2.30 p.m. And every Sunday morning, if for some reason you are not able to make it to church, you can tune into Grace FM and you can hear our sermons on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And yes, there will be coffee uh, at this meet and greet and at church on Sunday, so we'd love to have you. Join us at Whitefields Community Church. And once again, the website, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller, Tina in Colorado Springs. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the program. Hello. Can you hear me? I don't think I have, have service very good. I can hear you just fine. Okay, I just had a quick question. Um, I know God says to be sober-minded, um, and, you know, I smoke marijuana, and I know I've heard it has been said that if you do that, that you're, God don't hear your prayers. Is that true? Well, I don't know why God wouldn't hear your prayers. It seems to me that uh, God hears our thoughts and everything, so it seems that God doesn't have any problem hearing your prayers. I think there's a more fundamental issue to Tina that I would point to, and I would just ask you a question. Why do you smoke marijuana? Mm, I think a little bit of, I enjoy it, and maybe a little addictive, maybe. Yeah. So I'll tell you this, that, um, you know, generally, why do people want to be in a state that's not their natural state, right? So whether, whether that's marijuana, whether that's alcohol, whether whatever it is, why is it that people crave to be something other than in their sober-mindedness, right? I, I think mm -hmm. there's something that we need to explore as to why it is that you want to do this. Um, you know, I mean, I say that as somebody who smoked marijuana quite a bit as a teenager. And, um, and so, I mean, I, I know the feeling. I also know that the reasons I was doing it, I, I know I'll just speak for myself. And that is this, that I did it um, to be accepted by my peers on the one hand, but I also did it for a sense of escape, right? You can kind of escape reality. And I think that um, those two issues, 
are really the issues you want to deal with. I think that God will hear your prayers, whether you're, you know, think about Psalm 139, where David says, even if I descend into Sheol, right, you are there. Like, I cannot escape your presence. And I, like I said, God knows the secret thoughts of your heart. He knows more about you than you know. He knows even more about what you think and feel than you can articulate. So I am absolutely sure that God hears your prayers. Um, now, does that mean that God will always answer your prayers? Well, that's a different issue. I think that the answer can sometimes be that if we're doing things that God doesn't like, then sometimes he will um, allow what we call discipline into our lives. And that might take the form of maybe negative circumstances. Maybe it is an unanswered prayer that you're asking for something and the answer from God is no. And sometimes the answer, the reason for why the answer is no comes down to the discipline of God. Because there, there's something that God wants you to do and you're not doing it. And so he'll do whatever he needs to do to get your attention. And it's not in a kind of vindictive, petty way. It's absolutely because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a really good passage that I would recommend you check out. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12, um, the author is saying this. He's saying, hey, if God loves you, then he will discipline you. In fact, if God didn't discipline you and just let you do whatever you wanted and there was never any consequence, then you'd have to wonder how much he really cared about you. Like a parent who doesn't discipline their child, right? Do they really love that child? Because if you love them, you don't want them to do things which will end up hurting them in the long run. Um, And so... The fact is that God loves us enough to discipline us. And so does that mean that sometimes he will not answer our prayers? I I think that's possible. Um, So, you know, here's what I would point to. People have asked this question, you know, like why, why would Christians, like what, what does the Bible say about smoking marijuana? And the answer is the Bible doesn't say anything about smoking marijuana, just like it doesn't say anything about uh, how to fix a diesel engine, because that's not what the Bible's you know, marijuana is a thing that people didn't do back then, but it does say things about the principles that go behind why somebody would smoke marijuana and other forms of intoxication. And so I think that it would fall under the same category as, you know, the Bible saying, do not be drunk with wine. Uh, you know, in other words, don't be intoxicated, but it says instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so I guess I would just encourage you here, here's one last thought, and I realize I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of drinking out of the fire hose right now. But no, 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 you're good. Okay, cool. Well, then I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah. So one other thing that I've noticed is that sometimes people will often uh, ask the question, "Is this thing sin?" Right? They'll be or like, you know, like, at what point is this sin? And I sometimes will question them and be like, okay, so. So tell me what is motivating you to ask the question of, is this sin? Because it seems that sometimes people's motivation is they don't want God to be angry with them or they don't want to get on God's bad side. So they want to be cool with God, but they don't necessarily want to give their whole life over to him. And so what they'll say is, hey, could I, you know, like, tell me where's the line? Where's the limit? So I can go right up to it, but not cross it. So I can do as much as I want to do without um, making God upset or angry at me or disown me, right? And, um, 
And I would just challenge that whole thought process because I think that what the Bible is really telling us and what Jesus taught us is that this gospel is about God came to this world, he became one of us, and he gave his whole life for us. And the only appropriate response to that, if we really understand it, is that we will respond by giving our whole lives to him. Meaning that I hand over, you know, it's like uh, I hand over the steering wheel. I hand over, you know, the the wheel uh, on the ship. Like he becomes the captain and, um, and he decides where this thing goes. And maybe he'll decide to take me in a direction that, um, that I would rather go a different direction. But if he's my Lord and master, then, um, then I, I go in the direction that he's taking me. And so I think the right question to be asking is not, is this thing sin? But the right question to start with is, um, what can I do that will please God or honor God the most and bring him the most glory? And what can I do in response to what Jesus has done for me? So I would just challenge you to maybe have an entire paradigm shift in how you think about this issue. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, yeah, I just, I, that's something I've been struggling with for a while already. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, you know, it's not, I'm not, can, I feel like I'm condemning myself in a sense. Um, what do you mean? And I, I, just cause I think, you know, when I do smoke or whatever, and when I'm, when I smoke, I think about it and I'm like, why did I do that? You know, after the fact. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just, it's something I've been struggling with personal, personally. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you what, what kind of support structure do you have in your life to help you set it aside? Cause here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to give you such a full and joyful life that you won't need that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You won't need to mm-hmm. escape reality. You won't need that to feel like you're having fun. Like, I think that God can give you so much joy in him and such a full and rich life. And, and that includes like fellowship with other people. I'll tell you one of the, one of the reasons why I did it in the past was because, um, because it was part of my friends, right? That's what my friends did. And to hang out with them and be part of that community, it was just what we did. And it was almost a, a way to be accepted. And I, and when I stopped doing it, so what happened for me is I, I became a Christian. I got saved when I was 16 and then I, I totally stopped doing it. And guess what happened? I lost those friends. And uh, mm. I, I've, I've had other people tell me the same thing where it's like, well, I'm afraid that if I, you know, really give my life to the Lord and I stop doing this or that thing, whatever it is, well, then I'll lose my community. I won't have any friends anymore because that's what we do when we get together. And, uh, and that's another aspect that I would tell you. And, and something I was going to talk about here on the show, if we didn't have any callers, um, is this idea that the gospel comes with a house key. And what that means is that, um, when you really give your life to the Lord and you get involved in Christian community, you get this community of people who, who aren't encouraging you to do things that are detrimental to you and to your relationship with God, but they're encouraging you to do good things and walk with the Lord. And it's really life-giving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I attend, I attend uh, Calvary um, Worship Center here in Colorado Springs. 
um, and we've been going for a while, but I haven't really got too involved, you know. But um, as far as me being, I don't, I'm not a social smoker. If, if anything, I, I do it by myself. Okay. So I don't, it's not like I'm going out because, you know, I, I'm going out to do it with friends or, you know, hang out or anything like that. Um, so as far as that, that wouldn't be an issue for me because, you know, I wouldn't lose people over it because I don't, like I said, I don't smoke with anybody. But, um, yeah, no, that was just something that I had been wondering about and thinking about. And I guess I just, I asked God for the answer and I'm not getting no answers, so I don't know. What answer are you and looking now I for? Got, now I got the answer. Okay. If he's hearing my prayers. Oh, yeah. I think just, he is. But I, I think that if you want to hear what God is saying to you, I think yeah. it would be, I think that he would want you to not Stop. be filled yeah. with any kind of substance and instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that's gotcha. his best for you. That's what he wants for you. So let me pray for you in that. And yeah. I, I'm just going to encourage you, get plugged in at church, get some people around you you know, who are going to encourage you. Um, and, and I don't mean that in like a kind of weird, like lording over you, like, Hey, what'd you do this week type oh, of way? Not at all. I mean, just like in a really good way, it's encouraging you to seek the Lord to the point where you don't mm-hmm. even feel the need anymore or the desire to do those things. Yeah. So let me, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Tina. I think she's in a good church and she's hearing the word Lord and she's feeling conviction. And Lord, I remember what your word says that uh, godly conviction leads to repentance and that's a good thing. So Lord, I pray for Tina, Lord, that as your spirit works in her life and, um, and is transforming her from the inside out, Lord, you'd help her to set these things aside and to be filled with your spirit and nothing else. And we pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. I'm your host every Monday on the show, and today I am filling in. I was with you on Monday as well. I'll be with you this coming Monday, but I get an extra bonus episode here where I get to be with you on Friday. I hope you're having a great day. Hey, we've got all open lines right now, so now is a great time for you to call in with your questions about the Bible and your things that are going on in your life. We would love to talk with you and pray for you. So do give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. We, again, have all open lines. I'll I'll share with you a few things. I mentioned uh, Rosary. Well, I mentioned this idea that the gospel comes with a house key. And and that idea that, um, you know, that when you join, when you embrace the gospel, it, it comes with a whole new community. And so one of the things we did at our church earlier this year is that we decided we're going to have a book for the uh, a book for the season. So our book for this first season of the year was a book by Rosaria Butterfield called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. So I, I totally stole that line from the title of her book. And, um, and I just wrote uh, a review of it and a summary of it on my website. I have a blog that I write on a couple times a week. Uh, if any of you are interested in checking that out, maybe there'd be some helpful 
content on there. A lot of stuff is similar to what we do here on Calvary Live. It's a lot of answering Bible questions or dealing with things that relate to culture and how to live a Christian life in the world today. And so you can check that out. The website is nickkady.org. That's my name, nickkady.org. So N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. And I just wrote this review of Rosaria Butterfield's The Gospel Comes with a House Key. It's a book um, came out earlier, uh, I think last year, um, through Crossway. And I'll just give you the gist of it. So Rosaria Butterfield was a lesbian and a kind of prominent lesbian, and she was a, a professor at Syracuse University and very much outspoken lesbian. And so what happened is that um, she befriended a Christian couple in her neighborhood. And here's what's interesting. The reason she befriended a Christian couple in her neighborhood there in Syracuse was because she was going to write a book and she was researching for a book uh, about how Christianity fuels toxic masculinity. And so she wanted to uh, meet a Christian couple and really do some research. And she was looking for really negative things that she could see and find and say, look, Exactly. Christianity uh, creates a toxic masculine environment. And in the process of befriending these people in her neighborhood, they also befriended her, even though she expected that these Christians would view her as an enemy. They treated her with so much kindness and so much uh, grace. They invited her into their home. They, um, they, you know, they would pray at their table and they would uh, read the scriptures even when she was there and they just shared their faith and their life with her. And this man, uh, the, the man in this house was actually a pastor of a small local church. And through her relationship with them, she ended up becoming open to Christianity because they tore down through their actions, their hospitality, they tore down her preconceived notions of what Christians were like and what they, what they thought and all these things. And it tore down a lot of her preconceived notions, negative preconceived notions, to the point where she was open to hearing the gospel. She ended up receiving the gospel, and then she forsook her lesbian lifestyle. And so it was in that order. She, she makes that very clear, that she received the gospel and then saw that the lifestyle she was living was incongruent with Christianity and the Bible, and so she forsook that. And one of the big points of her book is how hospitality is an untapped resource for evangelism. That if we would be intentionally hospitable and kind to our neighbors, but yet unremitting in what we believe, um, but so kind that we would um, be evangelizing people. She said that's how she came to the Lord as somebody who never wanted to be a Christian, and now she is. And another uh, thing she says is that, you know, as a member of that lesbian community in Syracuse, this whole idea of house keys, she said that they would copy their house keys and everybody in the lesbian community had keys to each other's houses and their houses, you know, they, they viewed their houses as their kind of vehicle for their movement. And she says that um, the Bible actually teaches that Christians should do that very thing. She says that hospitality is the ground zero of the Christian life. And she mentions uh, some things which I thought were very interesting. For example, she mentions Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about the last judgment. And he says, you remember, it says that he separates the sheep and the goats, the people into two groups. And he says to the one, hey, I was, you know, I was poor, I was hungry, and you fed me and you clothed me. Now enter into the joy of your master. So right there, he's saying that 
hospitality in this life is really the litmus test for a real relationship with God. And then conversely, those who don't have a relationship with God, he says that the lack of hospitality was also related to them not having a relationship with God. I found that fascinating. He also point, or she also points out Mark chapter 10, uh, in which she talks about how the, God, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Lord, you know, we have given up so much to follow you. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you know, no one who has lost house or home or family for my sake and for the sake of the kingdom, they will receive back a hundred times more, you know, fathers, brothers, sisters, mothers, households in this life and in the one to come. And what that means is that not only do we experience the benefits of the gospel in the life to come, we also experience them now. I know I've experienced that, you know, uh, during my time as, as a Christian, I've gone, I've traveled around quite a bit uh, in the world. And I remember one time I showed up in Kosovo. It's a long story how I got there, but uh, I showed up in Kosovo and I met some Christian people. They welcomed me right into their house. And I, there I was in Kosovo staying with brothers and sisters. And that verse came to my mind. Wow. Uh, I have received a hundred times the brothers, sisters, mothers, houses, homes, in this life and not to mention the life to come. So I, I commend this book to you. The gospel comes with a house key, Rosaria Butterfield. Go check it out. You will not regret reading it. You'll be inspired. You'll be challenged. It'll be great. So check that out. Let's go back. to We have all full lines in the meantime. And I got one last thing to say about Rosaria Butterfield, and that's this. I'm really excited that Christopher Yuan who is a personal friend of Rosario Butterfield's, but also has a similar story of coming out of homosexuality. Um, Christopher Yuan, he will be speaking at Calvary Aurora, June 1st and 2nd. So he'll be doing the Saturday night service and the Sunday morning services. I know that we're going to bring some folks down from Longmont for the Saturday night service, because of course we want to be uh, at our church on Sunday morning. But um, I really recommend it. Check it out. Um, it's going to be Christopher Yuan. His book is called Out of a Far Country. Really, really, really recommend that book for you. And uh, he will be speaking at Calvary Aurora, June 1st and 2nd. All right, let's go back to our callers. We've got Quest in Colorado Springs. Hi, Quest. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing today, Pastor? I'm doing great. What's up? <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I wanted to share something about uh, the call you had right before the one you were just on with Tina. Uh, she was saying she goes to Calvary Worship Center, and I was going there, but now I've currently been going to Rocky Mountain Calvary. Um, they have a support program called Most Excellent Way there. And it's a great group of people for uh, smoking or any type of addiction, uh, eating disorder, whatever it might be, but they're just really good and helpful with that kind of stuff. That's cool. And so, so you I just kind of wanted to put that out there so she could. It's, I came from the same past, so I was part of that group, and figured I would share that. That's awesome, man. Thank you. So you said it's called the most excellent way and you have one. I think there's also a group, most excellent way group that meets at Calvary Aurora. So there absolutely is one here. So if you're in the Springs, go check out most excellent way at Calvary worship center. Is that right? Quest? Yes. Okay. And if you're in the Metro area in Denver, then check it out at Calvary Aurora. And it is, I've got some info for you here at Calvary Aurora. It's on Tuesday nights and Friday nights in Aurora at 7 p.m. at Calvary Church in Aurora. You can check them out online, calvaryaurora.org. And Quest, what do you know what day of the week they meet down there in the Springs? I, I believe it is Friday tonight, and I believe it is at 6.30. Awesome. Hey, thanks for that information. 
and yeah, uh, no really problem. appreciate it. I had it. another question I wanted to ask. Um, was were you speaking about um, the gospel key comes with a house key? Is that a book you were speaking about? Yeah. Okay, because I've had issues with that in my personal walk a few times, where I felt um, not welcome with the Christians, and I had heard you speaking about how you went to certain places and were welcomed right in. So something I had shared before, and in this group that I'm actually was speaking about for her, was um, I've been a Christian for probably seven or eight years, and I go pretty faithfully, and I try to get involved in Bible studies and things like that. And I had never been invited to a, a Christian's house. And I shared that in my Bible study one time. And the leader of the group actually invited me to his children's birthday party. That's awesome. Hey, can can I have you hold with me for two minutes? We are going to a break. And I'm going to be right back after this break. So you're listening to Calvary Live. And we're going to continue the show in two minutes' time right after this break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and, uh, or about things going on in your life. And we would love to uh, answer those questions for you and pray for you here on the air. We have all full lines right now, but you can text us at 720-336-0897. And as soon as you hear somebody drop, feel free to give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. So we were talking to Quest right before the break. So we're going to go back to Quest. Hi, Quest. You there? Yes, I am. Awesome. Hey, thanks for holding. Hey, so we were talking about hospitality and the gospel. The gospel comes with a house key. You were telling a story about how you had had struggled with being uh, received by other people and Christians. and But then at one point you mentioned that to somebody and somebody invited you to their children's birthday party. So go ahead and pick it up from there. Yeah. And so um, I still kind of struggle with that. And I believe a lot of it is um, me not reaching out or getting plugged in deep enough. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, so I, I would like to also just lift that up in prayer because it makes my walk really, really difficult not having... I hear so many teachings about um, having fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And and then as you were speaking about right now, and that's why I was asking about that book, it just really makes it hard on me. Okay. Well, I'll pray for you for sure. And I'm glad to hear that you're in a church. You sound like the kind of guy who does get involved, and I just encourage you to keep doing that. And, you know, I think that's a good thing that you can make that need known. Um, I don't know. Are you are you single? Can I just ask? Do you mind? Yes, I am. So this is actually a topic that I think is really um, not always talked about enough. I just read a whole different book, which I can also recommend. It's called um, emotion, the emotionally healthy leader. And he had a really long section in there about, um, ministering to people who are single in our churches, because so much of Christianity 
is geared towards modern Christianity in our churches, and I say this is true in my church as well, this is something that we have to be really cognizant of, is that we are geared so much towards ministering to families um, that sometimes single people can feel left out. And, and not to mention the fact we live in a society where you know we have all this social media, but social media tends to make people feel actually, though we're more connected in one way, we're more isolated in another way. My point is that we, we have really made an effort to change even the language we use in the church to not talk about, um, you know, to include people who are single. Because let's not forget that our Savior was single, right? Like he was a single man who had uh, meaningful friendships. And there were reasons, of course, that he never sought to be married. But we see that Paul the Apostle talks about the, the good things about um, singleness and being a Christian. And I think it's really important for us as, and I, I would just say this, maybe there's some of our listeners out there who need to hear this. Maybe you are married or in a relationship, and I would just encourage you to include and reach out to single people in your church, right? Like even if you ha- are married and have kids, um, you know, obviously it's really natural and easy to hang out with other people who are married and have kids, but I just want to challenge you with this idea of really Christian hospitality, Um to reach out to people who are single in your church and include them because one of the verses I love, and um, it's mentioned in that book, and I'll just uh, pull it up real quick, is uh, Psalm, oh, and where did I put it? Oh, so it's Psalm 68, verse 6. God puts the lonely in families. God puts the lonely in families. And so let's do that. Let's live that out. And let's let our radically ordinary Christian hospitality be a sign and a wonder to the whole world, of the skeptical post-Christian world of what authentic Christianity looks like. Let's be intentional about that. But that's my, uh, I'll get off my soapbox and I'll pray for you now, Quest. Heavenly Father, I pray for Quest and I do pray, Lord, uh, that he would find deep, meaningful fellowship and that other people would reach out to him, that he would reach out to other people, and Lord, that he would, uh, through fellowship, continue to grow into the person you want him to be for your glory. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless Thank you, Quest. You much, Pastor Nick. I hope you have a blessed day. Awesome. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, taking your calls and texts on the air, one line is now free, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Colleen in North Glen, Colorado. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, I, I have a thought, and I, if I could briefly, uh, just a two-second testimony and share my thoughts and then ask your thoughts, is that okay? Go for it. Okay. My testimony is I'm the biggest ex-pothead um, I know, mm-hmm. and um, and I was treat, uh, Tina's question intrigued me because when I was partaking, um, I had many secrets, you know, uh, hiding from my husband and hanging out with friends that he would not have otherwise had me do, and so uh, I the reason I justified it in my mind was the scripture that says, in what a man allows, let him be fully persuaded. That scripture justified it for me for years. That scripture also flayed me when I had to lay it down. Mm. And so when I laid it down, I found so many blessings, so much freedom and deliverance in my life. I felt an intimacy with God I'd never felt before. 
and I was afraid to go back to it because I did not want to lose his blessings. At first I thought, to each his own, it's wrong for me. I now believe it's wrong indeed because I do believe the Bible addresses it in Revelations 9, 20 and 21, where it talks about sorcery. And Revelations 9 is all about the tribulation, it's hell on earth, and all that are left behind in the Great Tribulation. And in those last two verses it says that they would not repent of their sorceries, Mm -hmm. and they were left behind in the Tribulation. And sorceries is, um, in the Greek, pharmacopoeia. Mm -hmm. And so you could argue with me, but I am persuaded that sorcery in Scripture that doesn't enter the kingdom is comes from our word pharmacy, and it's an altered state of mind. And so that's what sways me, is the fear of God. Okay. And I just wanted to share my thoughts, and then you're welcome to share yours. Yeah, oh, well, let's... Excuse me. So let's just be really clear that that word pharmakia, it shows up actually four places in the New Testament. Or actually, I'm sorry, five places in the New Testament. It is always translated as, <clears throat> excuse me, witchcraft or sorcery. And you're right, it is the word from which we get our English word pharmacy. I mean, I think that there's a good point that you're making, and I think it is sometimes very applicable, and I, I would agree with you on that. But I don't think that I think that it, that's the case in every situation. I don't think that's the only reason why somebody shouldn't do drugs. Now, let me just explain what I mean really briefly, because... I'm really not disagreeing with you, but um, the reason why that word is used, pharmakia is associated with drugs and sorcery and witchcraft is because, especially at that time in the ancient world, um, that's how witchcraft and sorcery were practiced. It was an altered state of mind, and through that altered state of mind, they would seek to connect with the spiritual realities, which we know are indeed very real and not, not from God. And so um, that was how they would do it. And so very much witchcraft was tied to doing drugs and reaching an altered state of being. I would say that I think that that is very much why some people today do it. You know, you think about like this idea of tuning out and tuning in and, um, and LSD and like reaching these heightened states. You know, you think about peyote and all these things that like Native Americans have done with the altered state of minds and vision quests. Um, I mean, these are, these are things where people are seeking an altered state of mind for spiritual reasons. And indeed it is witchcraft and sorcery. On the other hand, I think that, you know, we live in Colorado and I think, you know, talking to Tina, this is obviously something that is an issue in our state. A lot of people doing it. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now who do it. And I'm sure that some of those people would argue that when they do it, it's much more akin to somebody who would go out to a bar on a, on a evening and have a little too much to drink to the point where they're tipsy. Uh, it's, it would be related to self-medication sometimes and dealing with social anxiety or feeling accepted. And so that, that would be, I, in one sense, I think that you're absolutely right. Um, pharmacia, drug use, can be tied to spirituality, opening yourself up to the spiritual realm. And in that case, um, wow, I, I mean, I think that should put the fear of God in us. On the other hand, if somebody's just self-medicating like they would with alcohol or almost anything, even food, right? You can self-medicate with 
food. Um, and you're dealing with deeper issues in those cases, I think we're going to want to go to a scripture like, um, in Ephesians where it talks about, don't be filled with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy spirit. And it's that idea of being, um, controlled by a substance and that substance that God wants us to be controlled by is only, uh, the Holy spirit. So anyway, that's my two cents on it. Right. He's our Prince of Peace. I, I think our, our state of mind is our spiritual sense, and I would get doesn't get spiritual enlightenment by finding peace outside of Christ. So I do think it's a very spiritual experience, and the marijuana today is not what it was back in the day. And I know it was a, it was a spiritual quote enlightening to me back in the day, but it is so much more intense. But thank you, Pastor, for your thoughts, and God bless you. Absolutely. God bless you, and thanks for calling in. I know it's a big issue for a lot of people, so I appreciate the discussion. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Today we're talking about hospitality, marijuana, and pretty much those two so far. So we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk to you. Um, let's take our, After our next caller, I'll tell you what I'm going to be teaching this Sunday at my church, and I think that many of you might find that intriguing, maybe uh, get some last calls before the end of the show on that topic. So let's go to Josh in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Doing well. What's up? I was just wondering if you would be able to pray over me and my fiance. We're getting married in a month, and it's been a—you know, it's it's planning a wedding. It's stressful, a lot of ups and downs, and, you know, without God, obviously, we never would have made it anywhere near where we are now. I was actually uh, called in last December. I've been working at a dead-end job for nine months, and I couldn't get a new one. So I called in and asked for prayer about that. And actually, a week later after I called in, I got hired on where I'm at now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, That's cool. We'd love to hear those testimonies, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I was, I was just wondering if you'd be able to you know, pray over my fiance and I and our, our wedding in June and just our, our marriage and our life together. Absolutely. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this great testimony that Josh brings, Lord, that we prayed. And uh, a week later, Lord, you provided him with a job. We praise you for that. We thank you for it. And uh, we, re- we remember what the psalmist says. Lord, he says, you know, recount the deeds of God ascribed to him the glory due to his name. So, Lord, we do that. We recount your good deeds. We never forget them. We want to be like that. Of the 10 lepers, remember, there was one who returned. We want to be that one who returns to say thank you for what you've done in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you for Josh and the good thing that you're doing in his life. Thank you, Lord, that you've brought him uh, a wife. And says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So, Lord, we pray that as they are in the midst of planning for this wedding, that they would remember, Lord, bring it to their attention all the time, the big picture, that the purpose of a wedding is a marriage and that they wouldn't lose sight of the marriage that the wedding is just the sign of and the beginning of. Lord, I pray that you would bless this marriage. I pray that you would prepare them for it. And as they're preparing for the wedding, that uh, even more so, they'd be being prepared spiritually for the marriage which will follow and last much longer. So Lord, um, I pray you'd knit their hearts together, and Lord, let them grow in your grace. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Josh, for calling in. God bless you. Look forward to hearing from you soon. 
Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And we are back to all open lines. We've gone from all open to all full, and now we're back at all open again. So it's a good time for you to give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you would like prayer for. We would love to pray for you, and we'd love to answer those questions. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. The text line again, 720-336-0897. And um, I I told you right before that last caller that I was going to tell you what we're teaching at our church on um, this coming Sunday. So we started a new series, one that I'm really excited about. It's called, I Could Never Believe in a God Who, and then we over the course of seven or eight weeks, we're thinking about adding an eighth week on there, we are answering common objections and things that people say, you know, this is the reason it's hard for me to fully embrace Christianity is because of this issue in the Bible or this issue in society or these things that I've experienced in my life or this perception or this perception I have of... um, of Christians or something like that. And so we asked, we actually did a poll and we put it out there. And actually some of you listeners from the show, I I mentioned the poll and some of you went on my website, my blog, and you filled out the poll, which I really appreciate. So we got, you know, over a hundred answers, but we also have research from larger groups like Pew Research, Barna Research that tell us about the big, the things that people say are the biggest hurdles for them in embracing Christianity. So what we asked people is, how would you finish this sentence? I could never believe in a God who... And so uh, we started last week, we kicked it off this past Sunday, it was Mother's Day. And so we kicked it off by looking at this idea that I could never believe in a God who encourages the suppression of women and minorities. And so we, we talked about that. And we talked about what does the Bible teach? Like, what's the word on the street about what people perceive about Christians when it comes to women and minorities? And then we answer the question, okay, what does the Bible actually teach when it comes to women and minorities? And what we saw is that women are equal, they're unique, and they're loved. And same, of course, for minorities. We we looked at the fact of how the Bible has been misused at times by people to do things that are absolutely not according to God's heart. Um, and we, we dispelled a lot of misnomers. This Sunday, we're going to be talking about one that's very interesting and which I'm thinking some of you guys might want to call in and talk about, and that's this. I could never believe in a God who condoned genocide in the Old Testament. So there's this issue, right? Namely, it's really one nation that God instructed his people to wipe out in judgment, and that was a nation called the Amalekites. And, um, and of course, actually, they didn't do it fully, and God judged them for not doing that, right? So it's a really interesting uh, question. It's definitely one of the big questions. I found a website that listed, um, I found a, a website that listed like the top 20 objections that people have to Christianity. And this was like in the top five, right? Like because the Old Testament condones genocide. And there are lots of ways that people have dealt with this issue um, throughout history. Some people have said, oh, well, you know, the God of the Old Testament must be a different God than the God of the New Testament. God of the New Testament would never do that. And of course, we can't, we can't believe that for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is that, guess what? In the New Testament, God also kills people, doesn't he? Like in Acts chapter 5, um, he killed Ananias and Sapphira on the spot for a white lie. Or was it a white lie? Of course, that's the big question. Now, um, so the, another way that people have dealt with this, they said, oh, well, 
the people of Israel only thought that it was a good idea to kill people, and then they tried to put that on God as if God had said that, which again, at that point, we're not really being honest with the scriptures, are we? So the big question is, how could you believe in a God who condoned genocide in the Old Testament? We're going to go to some callers, uh, but if anybody wants to call me about that, I'd love to talk to you about it. I do have some answers. My sermon's coming up on Sunday, so I'm all prepared for it for the most part. And um, I'd love to talk to you about it. But in the meantime, let's go to line one, where we talk to uh, Saul and Sal in Colorado Springs. Hi, Sal. Welcome to the program. Sal. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Barely. Oh, sorry. What's up? Hear me now? Yep. Okay. Yeah, my question is, with all this PC stuff going on and women pastors, you know, being more prevalent now so than in, you know, decades and even centuries ago, what's the deal with all these uh, women pastors? And is that biblical? What's the deal with the women pastors? Well, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about this. Yeah, the political correctness thing, you know, I think that, I think that there's sometimes a need for it, right? But not always. Okay, so if, if we're talking about political correctness in the in the sense of like, hey, how about we choose to use words that won't offend people? I think that Christians should probably be leading the way with that. Like, I think that, I think that Paul the apostle talks about that. Jesus talks about it. Paul says this. He says, "Let your speech be always filled with grace and seasoned with salt, so that it may give grace to your hearers." So should we, what he's saying, and Jesus said, you know, be cautious, you know, because you will be judged for every negligent word you use. So I think as Christians, that's actually our theology tells us, hey, when you talk to unbelievers, when you talk to people who um, struggle with things, be careful with your words. So instead of political correctness, maybe we should just call it like gospel awareness, like missional speech. I think that would be our terminology for it. But you, your question uh, gets to the question of female pastors you know, interesting, because I just mentioned right before you came on the air that I just taught on this this past Sunday about how the Bible talks about women, and I, you know, address the issue, does Christianity encourage the suppression of women and minorities? And what I taught was this, that women, according to the Bible, are equal, they are unique, and they are loved. What I mean is equal, they're absolutely equal in value, they are uh not less in value. And, and for that reason, there are a lot of things um, that society has historically gotten wrong when it comes to women that we as Christians should acknowledge and we should repent of. Like the fact that, like, well, you know, it's ridiculous that in our history we didn't allow women to vote. It's ridiculous that women would not be paid the same amount of money to do the same job as a man. Those things are not right. They, they don't align with our theology as Christians. Now, uh, and the reason it goes all the way back to the most ancient chapters in the Bible, you know, Genesis chapter one says that uh, God said, I created them in my own image and male and female, I created them. Now that's the equality part. Okay. But let's talk about the uniqueness part. What the uniqueness part means is that, um, you know, it's like, Hey, newsflash, guess what? Men and women are different. Like uh, that should not be that surprising, but some, for some people, I guess it is. We're, we're unique. We're different. And that uniqueness uh, does not mean that one is better than the other because remember that we're equal. So that's the foundation. And then comes the uniqueness and the uniqueness speaks to the fact that we have different roles for a very important purpose. And those roles don't just extend to, uh, let's say our physical makeup right? They extend to other things. The Bible talks about men and women having different roles in the church and different roles in the family. Um, 
And I, I think that we don't compromise on those things because they, they aren't our ideas, right? Like we've been handed a set of ideas from the Bible. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to change them. That's not our prerogative. And so I, I guess I say that all that to say one last thing is this. Part of what it means to be created in the image of God is that our God is a triune God, which means he is one God who eternally exists in three co-equal persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But when it comes to what we call the economic trinity, and all that means is this, the economic trinity is how God works within the trinity to do his work in the world. We see that all three persons of the trinity, or the Godhead, are all called God at different times in the Bible, uh, and they are all credited with the creation. But when it comes to salvation and how they uh, create the, you know, the, the soteriology, we would say in theological terms, the, the salvation work, we see that then they start taking on roles, right? They, they do. So they say that um, it says that the, the father sends the son, the son obeys the father, the son glorifies the father, the father and the son together send the spirit, the spirit glorifies the son and glorifies the father. And so there are all these, um, we see this, you know, so clearly in the Bible that they have these different roles and there's this kind of submission that takes place and there's leadership that takes place. Jesus is commended in Philippians chapter two, where Paul says, have this same mind in you that was in Christ, that though he was God, he did not seek to take the position of the father. And he wasn't jealous of the father's position. Rather, he humbled himself even and became obedient to the father, even though he's equal with him. He obeyed him and acknowledged his role even unto the cross. And it says, for that reason, the father exalted the son, right? And so this is beautiful reciprocal relationship in which there's no pretense. There's no, nobody's trying to prove themselves. Everybody understands their role and they're serving each other. And one last thing I'll say is this, that, you know, one of the reasons why uh, there was a women's liberation movement, and, and in my opinion, this is to our shame as Christians that, there, that this happened, that it had to happen. And here's why. Because we should have been leading the way with honoring women. We should have been leading the way with making sure that women were paid the same, that they had all the same rights as men, but we didn't. And as a result, it led to this secular movement, which in the end, our theology should lend itself towards that. Because again, we, we view women as equal and yet unique. And so I just say all that to say this, that uh, if you follow the trajectory of the Bible, you'll notice that a lot of it is about power structures and how people have taken power and they've used it in evil ways. They've used it to hurt people. They've used it to exclude people. They've used it to dominate people. And Jesus comes along and he resets things. And he says, in my kingdom, power will be used properly. In my kingdom, men will love their wives and they will lay down their lives for them. And, and, um, you know, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And true leadership is servant leadership. That's what Jesus gives us. So all that to say this, uh, why has that push happened? In my opinion, it's happened in part because um, Christians failed to, to live out our theology well in society. Uh, another reason is because um, we, we failed to teach well. So anyway, that, that, that's where um, I'm going with that. I, of course, I am a complementarian, which means that I don't believe that, um, I don't believe 
that uh, women can hold the role of pastor. I believe they were complementary. Um, and I don't uh, accept the term egalitarian because I think that um, as Christians, we are egalitarians in the sense that we believe that people are equal. So, hey, thank you for that question. I'm going to need to let you go. We're coming up on the end of our show, and God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have ten minutes or two minutes left in our program. We're going to take one last call, and that is from Joe on I-285. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the program. I wanted to uh, request prayer for my boss. Her name is Erica, and she's just been diagnosed with MS. Okay, let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, we pray for Annika, and we, we, uh, Lord, we're grieved to see that she's been diagnosed with MS. And uh, Lord, we know that's not your design. We know it's not your heart and your desire for people to suffer. And we thank you, Lord, that you uh, have made an end ultimately to that suffering. And we look forward to that day when all suffering, all sickness, all pain, all sorrow will be a thing of the past. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Bring your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we ask for her. Lord, you'd comfort her. We ask for healing. And Lord, we just ask that you would surround her with your love. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, and you God bet. bless you. God bless you, Joe. Have a good drive. All right, bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. We are within the last minute of our show. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. Always a pleasure to be with you here on Calvary Live. If you are in Longmont or the surrounding area, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday at our church. We'll be looking at this question of how did God condone genocide in the Old Testament, and we'd love to have you. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com, and God bless you. Have a great weekend. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.